It's and it, it's you can look at Buddhism as a design for living, and it's based on this idea of right view. And what I would say the view is of not of self, you know, you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And so when that view's in place, then whatever lifestyle you're in or away, you find one that works for you. That could that will be the right on the right life, lifestyle and then the right understanding. And if you if there's our drive to meditate, the right meditation, da da da. But if the view isn't right, then again, the wrong will also migrate from the wrong view to the wrong lifestyle. Yeah, even though it looks like the right, like right one, like you'll have all the outside like doing it really well, but something's off. Yeah, because now whatever, let's say if you're really good, you feel like you're really good. There's a there's a claiming of of the really good, which would be, in a sense, the wrong view. Yeah? So the right view goes into the next seven things. The wrong view would also migrate into the next seven things. So, And also, if you have the right view, then the other seven get a lot larger. Yeah? <laughs> you know, The lifestyle might not look like it's, quote-unquote, a right lifestyle, but the living of it will be definitely right. Yeah? The attitude and outlook will be the right thing, because I would say the view can override the others. You know? So, and then maybe you won't be meditating, sitting formally at all, but that could be the right meditation for you. Yeah, and the right understanding is that maybe I need to do nothing, and the right, yeah, yeah. So, with this idea, there's an, a Zen teacher, Dogen, I think his name is, right? Who's and he says a thing, I'd like to get it right tonight, but I'll paraphrase it, where he says, you know, the study of Buddhism is the study of self, yeah? And to study the self is to forget the self. I just love that. You know, he goes on and on. But I just love that statement to me, because that's the whole point of these mes- this meeting, in a way, yeah? We sort of go into describing the activities of the mind so that hopefully we can entertain we're not that. And if it's not you, I found, this is the, my little addition to it, if it's not you, you're going to lose interest in it. Yeah? Because you, it's like an antidote from the recognition of the source of the problem, which is self-centeredness. So if everything is really blanketed with self-centeredness, well, what would happen if that thing that seems to be causing all this stuff happening to me wasn't really about me. I would imagine that we would lose interest in it, yeah? Because being centered in self, if we realize it's not about us, we're going to go somewhere else, yeah? Yeah? So we're using, like, the the basic uh, flaw of the system to an advantage. So we're going to go, okay, we're going to study about self, like it says here, to forget it, basically. And how does the forgetfulness occur? You start entertaining what you've learned about it is that it's not you. And if it's not you, what's going to happen? You're going to lose interest in it. And the interest, you don't lose interest. The interest is the same. You just lose interest in something. The thing itself can affect the interest and attention that the interest and attention is on. So if my interest and attention is on selfing all day, that interest and attention yeah, is going to be used to enslave the mind 
to believe it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. A doer, a haver, a chooser, an action figure in time, a real, this out here is real, yeah? That interest and attention is now going to reinforce the bondage of self. Now, the same interest and attention, if taken off that object, why? I mean this activity, it's not an object. What the activity does is it produces a sense that you are an object, the body, but it's not an object. It's an activity. That's the great news. It's not so. It's appearing to be so. It's an activity. So if if that activity yeah, isn't actually pointing to me, I'm going to lose interest in that activity, the mental activity that's being used to point to a me. Because the real interest is that it's about me. Yeah? If it's not about me, I'm going to lose interest in it. That interest is going to go somewhere else. Like in recovery, you say, hey, what's going to happen to you is you're going to lose interest in yourself and gain interest in others. That's exactly sort of what it's like. Yeah? What, but in this way, we're talking about a real strong losing interest because the interest, right, the, the thing we're interested in isn't us. Because I've experienced in my life, I am really attentive to something that if I think it has anything to do with me. But when as soon as I, it hits me that it has nothing to do with me, I basically lose interest in it. It just goes somewhere else, yeah? Bing, yeah. So if I'm not that, I, if I'm not that which all these, all the thinking and talking and worrying is pointing to, because without the pointing, there wouldn't be a feeling of being a you. Yeah, because there isn't a you. So it needs the pointing at to get this, the location. Yeah? So all the thinking, all the feelings, all the thoughts, all the topics of time that we're engaged in, in a way are all being used to indicate there's a someone that all this is happening to. Or there's a someone that's doing it all. And a mix of both. Yeah? Sometimes we feel like we're the victim, things are happening to us. Sometimes we're like the perpetrator. I'm the thinker of this. I did that, I did, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, either way, they're the same saying. They're all being used to point to this mythical phantom called Paul. If you actually, if your interest attention really went to it, it wouldn't be able to land on anything. What happens is, it's, it's, it gets caught up in all this, and in this it infers that there's a someone. And we live on that inference. In a way, we're remembered all day, basically. That's what the mental process is doing. It's remembering you. Yeah? Actually, it's remembering of me. Yeah? That's all it's doing. That's its main job, is to have this one organizing principle, the long-lasting, independent, separate entity, over all of these activities. Right? So, and your, your cast is the doer or the done-to. That's basically it. <laughs> and you don't really have much evidence of your own reality as a me here, so it has to be mostly absorbed in past and future because it can travel back to you as if you you're the weather vane it's attracted to is a body. So you're signifying a body. So when I think about me yesterday I see me as a body. When I'm thinking about me in the future, I see it as a body. What's gonna happen to me? So I'm going to, let's see if I'm going to really deal with this. What's going to happen to me in the future? So I go in front of the mirror in my bathroom and I look and say, what's going to happen to me in the future? Well, the me that I'm assuming is, may not be me. Yeah? Maybe it's... <laughs> and what if it isn't you? Your interest and attention probably isn't going to take that trip on the train of time. 
It's not going to go anymore. Like when the mind throws its little mental bones, fetch it, fetch it, attention and interest. It's just going to look at it and not see you, not see the the Paul, and it ain't going to run after the fucking shit. Yeah? And you're going to be relieved of all that fucking going, being just totally... Well, sometimes having one thought in one day fuck your whole day up. You know how much power it is? You don't even have to whistle. It's just the insinuation of a whistle. You're like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No one even has to threaten you. Just the insinuation of a threat. You're like, like this. We're so freaking... The mind has been so traumatized in the selfing. It's scared out of its living to Jesus, you know? It's hoping just for to be left alone and have some sort of security, you know? Instead of being brazenly, radically available, you know, it's all shut down and trying to hunker down so this terrible moment, which is actually not a moment, it's there and then, passes. So I don't know, I entertained it when I heard it, yeah? Walked around, and, um, you know, generated like an unspoken yes in my gut, it was like, it's hard to put my finger on it because it was just like a knowing before knowing, you know? Something was like, I was just sure of it. Just a damn, damn sure of it, yeah? And then it's so far, and since that time, it became the last answer, you know? Which is a damn good answer. I hope the answer I get is the last answer, so I'm tired, you know, not going for any more questions anymore. So this became so far the last answer in this time, and uh, I don't see it changing anymore, because uh, without being clear about this, everything else, no matter how clearly it's advertised, it's going to be unclear. Yeah, because your views are, you know what I mean? It's like you can have the best pair of glasses, but if it's totally pitch black, you ain't going to see well. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's more like... You know, you don't even need glasses when the light's on really good. But so, we're getting dimmer and dimmer, more and more unconscious in a way. We can't get that, but we're fearing to be. So we need to get better and better glasses to see here, yeah? Because of a lack of light, really. Not because uh, this is the way it is, and that the only way we can respond is to get the best pair of glasses we can get. It ain't this way. This is how it's appearing to be. It's produced by a mental process, you know? That's very skewed. If, if you just entertain the possibility, not that you even switch on the light, that you are the light. If you're in this room, it's light. Yeah? If you're in any situation, it's filled with light. You are the demonstration of light here. Yeah? You're bringing every moment into into seeming reality by your being aware of it. I mean, to shirk that responsibility and to give up that we're the light and then to take ourselves to be something other than that and then work really diligently to find artificial lights to give us a little more seeing is insanity to me. Why not just question the supposed source of the darkness? If it ain't so, bingo, that's the light. The recognition of it isn't of it not being so is the light in action you've seen. Yeah? You've seen that you're not of the darkness. You may be in it, but you're not of it. Yeah? You're of light. 
So one teacher I used to know, I, one, I like this thing he said. He says, you know what? You can outshine every circumstance and situation. Yeah. Because you're the light of the circumstance and the situation. Without you, there wouldn't be a circumstance and a situation. Yeah? You are the light of awareness. You are the on switch. You are the beginning and the middle and the end of this movie. I think we sell shorts, sells waste too short many, many times, yeah? So let's say there's something that's bothering me. Instead of seeking, in seeking that which is prior to that need for relief, I try to get relief for it, yeah? Instead of going back even farther and seeing there is no need, no relief for it, that's the relief. But as soon as there's an identification with this, then this discomfort causes me not to travel well. So now I'm looking to serve the body and win it over to my side again so that I can feel better. That's fine. That's what happens here. It has nothing to do with you. But can you imagine if you just entertained what's prior to that whole activity? What's prior to feeling the, the pain and the suffering? Yeah? And then that drive to get relief. What's prior to that? What's, what's, what's there when there's relief and what's there when there's sufferings? Awareness. Yeah. Yet awareness isn't, I don't believe, is affected by the suffering, nor is it affected by the relief. What, what better no thing to rely on, you know? It's something that's not moved by all the shifting of tides and currents here, but it's unerringly on at all times not being distributed more here and less there, but blanket light, yeah? Do you know what I mean? And if the mind starts relying on that, and how does it rely on that? It reflects it. It's whatever the mind's reflecting is what it's relying on. So if it's reflecting selfing all day, it's relying on that selfing to give it, to give it something, and what it's giving it is a big pain in the ass, really. If the same mind could see, could could swivel by entertaining, hey, I'm not actually that, and then its interest and attention has kept it in this locked position, would notice it's not locked. And now it would be maybe reflecting nothingness, awareness, clarity, light. And now the same mind that it's, surf, that it's reflecting all this agitation would be reflecting peace now. And therefore, you would be demonstrating peace in your day instead of agitation in your day. Yeah. The agitation and the peace are way far down from the initial situation, which is the right view or the wrong view. Yeah. The agitation and all that is a product of something. You, if you want to fight the agitation, it's sort of like trying to, you know, all right, there you are fighting the agitation. You're going to be fighting it quite a lot because the source of the agitation hasn't been shifted. It's still the wrong view. So it's going to produce what? Ignorance. It's going to produce what? Darkness. It's going to produce what? Taking things that aren't so to be so. It's going to produce what? False evidence appearing real quite a lot to you. It's going to produce a lot of, a lot of, a lot of effects. The same thing, the right view will produce a lot of effects. To work from the effects to the source, why not work from the source? And then you'll know this. You'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll just see, hey, yeah.
So it's a simple thing. You learn about it. That's what inventories are, yeah? You get to write about resentments, harms, fear. And then if you really, if you read the book and you hear what it's saying, you'll see that, oh, basically I'm cataloging or inventory expressions of the system of mind that's failed, yeah? Selfing, self-centeredness. It says it very clearly. Being convinced that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. Right? Being convinced of that, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations in our life. And the first paragraph that follows is resentment, is the number one offender. So let's say resentment is an expression or a manifestation of self in one's life. Okay? So, how can the self have so, well, we'll use it that terminology, but that system, let's say self, selfing, I rather say, but let's say self, how, how come self has a lot of manifestations going on in my life? What's allowing that to occur? It's not like, so you see, okay, well, it says it right in that thing, being convinced that self manifests in various ways has defeated us, okay, how did it defeat us? Let's ask people that are in the program, in this room, how, what self-defeated them? And every one of us would have the same answer, myself. Okay, now there's a little bit, now you're learning about self to forget it. So, okay, my. So it's not the self that defeats me, it's the mind that allows its expressions to happen in my life. Why is that? Because every expression that happens from there, through me, the system itself, Paul, claims it to be mine. Yeah. So now I can't see the truth of resentment because the minus is blocking me off from really seeing the truth about the resentment. The minus is really blocking me off to seeing the truth about fear. The minus is really blocking me off from to see the truth about my acting out in, a, in, in inappropriate manners in sexual area, right? The mind has blocked me off from seeing the exact nature of the wrong. The exact nature of the wrong is that a parasitical tendency of mind called alcoholism is using this possibility to express itself through. That's the exact nature of the wrong. It's, and the exact, the, the, the essence of the nature of the wrong, let's say the manifestation of the nature of the wrong, is the identification with that parasite. Yeah? The mind becoming a, the mind becoming identified with that parasite is the manifestation of the exact nature of the wrong. That's how it expresses itself through us, because while it's expressing through us, we claim it to be ours. And we seek help to learn how to deal with our fears. Well, it would be wonderful to start with the, the premise that they may not be your fears. Yeah, If they're not your fears, possibilities to deal with them will come down that are much different than when they were yours. Because again, if they're your fears, the my is now going to give everything that comes down its own understanding to it. This is why I have the fear. This is why the fear is happening. Yes. And so now the insane system is logically describing why you're in fear. And we're buying it. <laughs> what, what would happen if the mind was looked at? So... Self cannot actually defeat anyone unless 
there's an identification with that idea of being a self, then it can almost have a complete and utter defeat of the host. Yeah? So, in a sense, self has no power whatsoever, but when the parasitical nature of it bombs onto the host mind, now it uses the power of that host mind to defeat it. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. The parasite sucks out your juice and then uses that juice to make things that aren't happening seem to be happening. <laughs> it doesn't have the ability to make what's not happening happening. It can only jack into your ability to make things that aren't happening seem to happen. And now it's running the fucking horror movie. Now it's running that, you know, the Hall of Mirrors. Now it's running all your perceptions are skewered. And the basic premise is you'll do anything to defend the right to be that. Giving it more and more life. I mean, an incredible security. It's so sure that it'll even go out on hunts to kill itself because it knows it'll take you over any other day. I've seen it with people. The parasite has become so confident, it doesn't, you know, oh yeah, go to a program. You know, take a three-month retreat, sure. I'll be waiting for you when we get back. <laughs> yeah, make her your higher power. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, go ahead. Come on. Oh, you think you can move away from me? Go ahead. Take that trip to India. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very confident. In my experience, it waited two years in Delancey Street when I was in that program. And when I left, it got on my shoulder and started taking me over again. Just really quickly. But I could feel the difference because I it was at bay in Delancey Street. There was enough presence of other people there that couldn't do what it wanted to do. Yeah? But as soon as I got it got me alone once again, it was on me like white on race. Those two years hadn't put one dent in it. it you know what I mean? It didn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't worried or scared that I had a good defense. It just walked right over my little barbed wire and took over my plantation once again. And I went on a 10-month run. Which was more pitifully and comprehensively demoralized than anyone I had ever taken before. So it really punished me for thinking I could ever be free from it, man. It was worse than before. Two years, went to college, everything was looking pretty good. <laughs> That's why it says in recovery, there is no mental defense against the first drink. Because the first drink is preceded by the parasite. The parasite cannot drink. Yeah, But its fuel is alcohol. Its fuel is drugs, its fuel is drama, but it can't really go shopping for it, right? Because it's not of a form. It's a mental apparition. It's a mental parasite. So it has to use the host for transportation, literally. And how, what does it do? It jacks into the host, this little narration box up here, and it puts a little thoughts here and there. You know, they're fucking with you. You know what I mean? Start setting up a little situation. And it may cook for a couple of days. And then it will always attempt to lead you to one point, which is fuck it. That's where it wants to go. Because as soon as you get to a point of fuck it, your defenses are get down. And then your, its solutions sound pretty good. Like, let's get loaded. Fuck it. This sobriety's not working for me. Fuck it. I've been really good at look at where it's got me. Fuck it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and as soon as, it's sort of like as soon as you have the drink, 
The genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, now it's got some. Mm, it's got its fuel. Now, now it starts like the parasite roars. You know. <laughs> and now it's really on you and it's like a jockey and it wants to ride it's not like going to just stay subdued in a program it's go, let's go let's go fucking let's go on the town and it does that it can, and then you know it may seem like it takes years to build something it takes one minute for it to be destroyed you know but if you maybe if you have the right view and you see okay Self has never defeated me, nor can it defeat me. It's the mind. What is used to defeat me is in and of my own energy, in a sense. So, I, in some form, in a way, my mind, it's not you, it's not like you're choosing to do something, but mind is giving over its juice to this little mental parasitical movement, yeah? And then that juice is what's stinging your ass, yeah? And at any moment, seeing that you're not that, your mind would be able to entertain, hey, I can be free of it. Yeah? And then the game's over in a way. It wakes up out of this little game, yeah, and it sees its hand, its arm at the end of the punch, you know. It recognizes, geez. <laughs> it's okay, wait a minute, it's me. <laughs> and therefore, yes, it is you and it's not you. That's the fucking good news. You gotta let it come though, all the way. You can't try to mentally deny it or avoid it. You let it come and say, yeah, that's more me than I could ever be. And then you realize you're not that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And then you just travel later, you know? The mental accountant, they'll be closed down, you know, trying to see how you're doing with your accruing value and how much I've been losing a lot of value lately. <laughs> oh, Mr. Hedeman, come in here. We want to talk to you. You're a loser. <laughs> you know? Well, that's closed now. And you're here because you can't be anywhere else. You tend to be more here because it's actually happening than there and then because it's not happening. It's, it becomes practical. It's obvious. Yeah? It's not like you made a great, virtuous, noble journey. It's just the mind sees it. And then red becomes red and blue becomes blue. Things clear up. Yeah. They clear up. Because why? You're seeing again. You can see things now. You know, you know, you're looking around and you're seeing things. It's not like everything is speculation and hope. Just like that old story when the, we're in this room and then the lights go off and it's really dark. What's going to happen? A lot of problems will ensue, right? If you need to go to the bathroom and you don't know where it is, you're not going to find it probably. If I get up, I may bump into you. Maybe step on your foot or I'll hit my knee on these chairs. And I'll have to really go to the bathroom. I have, may have to take plan B and piss in this pot. You know, all the, uh, Who knows what? I can see that at least. It's a little dark. I can feel it. Yeah. Or someone will be selling maps to bathrooms and and so I think I was I saw it once I five bucks okay I hope you're right and trying to follow the steps he gave me and we go through all these machinations to get relief from the real darkness when someone just walks in turns on the light there goes all the problems don't need knee pads anymore the map the you know the map salesman is out of business you can see the door it's the bathroom everything else becomes really clear well the only thing that was lacking was light yeah if you are the light, then the lack is in you. And it's not true. 
It's not a real lamp. It's appearing to be. And what actually allows that appearance that these seem to be so real? Follow it back and let's see the cause. I'm saying, humbly, that it's an identification as something that you're not. Taking yourself to be a mental form that's in a physical body, right, is causing us not to sense that we are the light of awareness. Yeah? Even though the light of awareness is demonstrating every moment of our day, we're missing the whole point of that, yeah, which is an incredible haste if you really see it. I mean, something that's always obvious at all times, not being noticed, is incredible, but we're really good at that. You know, let's say we're talking about it a lot here about gravity. Nobody, I bet you, you didn't hear anyone in the cafe that you were in today talking about the effects of gravity. Nobody. No one's sitting there going, oh, gravity was heavy on my shoulder today. And, you know, it was better last week. You know, and you have a little, like, like a weather pick page, you have your gravity. Gravity's going to be very heavy today. Wear light clothing. Don't walk up hills or stairs. Very difficult today, Friday. You know? No. Why don't we notice it? It's because it's always occurring, yeah? Its, it's influence is always on us, therefore we don't notice it. The same thing with awareness. It's always there, and it's the last thing to be noticed, because it's not of a thing. Yeah? And yet, that's the thing that's most sorely needed, is the no-thingness. A little bit of sense or recognition of the no-thingness would go a long way here, to allow you to travel lighter. Yeah? A little bit of that would leaven a lot of all of this that we can, because we're making mountains out of molehills and where tons of stuff are going on all day. We need like a leavening factor. And it can't come from the system that's the producer of the failedness. Yeah? We have to seek a solution, not from the problem. Yeah? So self can't get out of self. Why could self, why can't self get out of self? Why can't? They say it all the time in recovery. Why can't self get out of self? Find it. Ask it. Ask that question. See what comes up. Why can't self get out of self? It says thrown around in the most recovery rooms right here. Self can't get out of self. Why is it? Does you feel like you're in something? Yeah. And therefore, if you feel like you're in something, the you, the feeling of you, implies that you can get out of it. Yeah? So, in a way, it seems like self can get out of self. Most of the time, that's how we view it, right? We're doing all these practices to get out of something we think we're in. Let's call it self. Yeah? We don't realize why self can't get out of self. Maybe there's a lot of reasons. But maybe one of them is that if you're identified as self, yes? and you don't know that, then when you try to get out of self, that's self trying to get out of self. Yeah? So wherever you go in your pursuit of trying to get out of you, it would still be you. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> so the point is not to... Well, if you move to try systems to get out of self as a self, try them. You know, if you're open to learn from others, a lot of people will tell you, hey, that's going to be a failed pursuit because self can get out of self. Yeah, but whatever works for you. But if, if the beautiful news is that there's no need to get out of self, yeah, because you're not that, that's the experience of getting out of self. That's truly the experience that's called getting out of self. But it's not the way you think. It's not you getting out of self. It's realizing you're not you. That's getting out of self. Yeah? It's a little bit different, but it's hugely different. Yeah?
So it's not you getting out of self, it's realizing you're not that you that wants to get out of self. And therefore, you're not the you that thinks it's in self. There you go. Yeah. Now, the, now the, the stock's options have shifted a little bit. Now, another incredibly seemingly crazy idea, how can I not be this, is taking root, and now it's producing effects just like the other ideas that you've entertained when they've taken root, just like the idea of being a self. And now you're going to see that what, what, what gets manifested or demonstrated by that tree in your life, and maybe you can make a clearer judgment, like Jesus says. You'll, you'll know the tree by its fruits. A good tree can't bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. You check it out. Yeah? If you have a sense of ease and comfort through your day, if there's a peace that's always available at all times, with no requirement necessary, if these things are now not only options, but strong, strong probabilities in one's life, you'll see that something happens. You travel lighter through stuff. Yeah. And in a way, deep down, what more do you want? Yeah. If you are that light, when, you, when this ends, that's what you'll be. Because you are. Yeah. So I don't think you're missing anything. And who are you? Who's here going to go on like a two and a half year retreat in the Himalayas? Probably none of us now. So if we think that's what's going to do it, we've already excluded ourselves from that possibility because we're not going to do that. <laughs> Even if we want to, we probably wouldn't, you know. Maybe a weekend retreat. But not <laughs> so <laughs> we're just trying to go to, hey, I need to do nothing. Let's start there. And most of us have been through a lot of shit already here. Yeah? Most of us have, have tried a lot of formulas how to produce that feeling. And then, as soon as you believe or hope that you can produce that feeling, it's never enough to the mind because now the mind wants it to always be that feeling. And no feeling is always going to be that. Yeah, Feelings come and go and they shift and this and that. Yeah, This is not about having a perpetual experience. It's about realizing a perpetual state. Yeah? that experiences appear in. Yeah. Instead of trying to change the expression, right? Just recognize the source. Yeah. And that huge drive to change the expression may be dismissed once you see the source. You may see, hey, maybe acceptance will start flowing out of you. You'll start accepting things because you won't see them as impediments from you. It's sort of like... We were talking the other day, someone was talking about, what was that thing with this, the thoughts? Well, there's the thought, right? There's a thought. There's thoughts. And so when your attention and interest is in, the, in those thoughts, it's like a cloud, yeah? When you're obsessed with the thought, you miss the sky. Yeah? But this, inherently, the cloud is appearing in the sky. So what would happen if that cloud wasn't about you, your, your viewing would diffuse, yeah? You would now see outside the circumference of the cloud, and what you get a sample, sample of is the space that the cloud's appearing in. It's not like getting rid of the cloud, it's just opening, allowing the aperture to open up to include the space around the cloud, yeah? Because in the mental conditioning, certain clouds become like a weather front, and actually certain clouds become what we call the sky, it's always going to be this way. It's always that, yes? But it's not so. It's just your, your attention and interest is tunnel vision. Yeah? 
if they could just open up, you would always see. So whatever, no matter how rain rain soaked that cloud is, you would see that none of the rain affects the space. When that, when you believe all the shit's falling from the birds on your car, you'd see that no shit has ever landed on the space of the sky. Instead of seeing everything from this one point of view, and at this point of view, the cloud has the ability to stop you from the sun, yeah, doesn't it? So here's the cloud, and what we do with the with the the selfing is we place the selfing like that before the before the sun, and now we're absorbed in the selfing, and because it's not real, it's an appearance. Some light comes through it, and we think that's us. We're the source of that. That's about me. Yeah. That's Paul. Yeah. So in this place, we want to get some light. We want to get, let's say, some suntan. But the, the cloud itself has the ability to stop us from the sun. Yes. So now we want to see how can we move the the cloud. But it doesn't matter where the cloud is. We always put it in front of the sun. We get obsessed with that. <laughs> so even when you go here, <laughs> because you're giving it the meaning it has. What would happen if I was on the side of the sun? I'd still see the cloud, but the cloud wouldn't have the ability to block me from the sun, would it? No. I'd be on the side of the sun looking at the cloud, but the cloud wouldn't have the ability to stop me from the sun. That's sort of what it's like. The mind just moves from a fixated position called self-centeredness, leaves that, and now gets sort of hung in, in a place of neutrality in the big sky. It sees everything still, but it's resting in its hugeness now, instead of a smallness. Like a fixed point, of, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, I don't know, I find it just... It just allows you to travel lighter. And the accountants can't keep up with it, you know what I mean? Because they don't really see the value of it anyway. You can't hold what's always here. You, know, you can only hold something in the past and, and attempt to mentally clench something in the future. But here, when something's happening, it's more a letting go, not holding, you know? So the mind can't make much out of it. Yet, the mind has been traveling undisturbed or quite, or quite a lot less disturbed for a long period of time. It has its ability to reflect like... Uh, Clarity and peace becomes more uh, stronger because the the mirror ain't moving anymore. It's just still reflecting stillness. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I entertained it. It seems to worked. So I just share it with others with hopes that it'll work for them. I don't know what, why, I have no idea why, but it seems to be uh, a strong intention over these years. Because I see suffering, I do, that's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of seeing people I know. I've seen suffering where it seems to be the case, but I see a lot of suffering that seems to be optional in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mentally. Their mind can't can't the, the track the tracking beam is so strong their attention just goes on the idea of them and it's causing havoc you know 
Any questions now? The desire to want the truth or something, they say, or just a desire? Just for, like, worlds. Well, just look at what desire does, you know. If you're walking around, let's say, and then you see something that you want, yeah, desire arises. What happens? Sort of tunnel vision occurs, right? Things contract on that. You miss the periphery, yeah? That becomes the object of desire. And, in a sense... That object of desire, in a sort of sense, reinforces you as an object. Yeah? So desires have an ability to lock you into self-centeredness, yeah? Because self-centeredness is... A lot of times, how it piggybacks on the desire is giving a huge amount of meaning to that which is being desired, like it's the Savior, this is going to do it for me, I've arrived if I get that. And it gives a lot of... It's like... Let's say the object of desire is a half-ton pickup. It's putting like two tons of stuff on it. That, that, that thing's never going to be able to deliver the goods that you're expecting it to. So the mind really uh, injects a lot of meaning to, into your life through that, uh, into that object when it's desired through the, like the vehicle of the desire. It's a very forceful, you know, uh, uh, Vehicle, you know, what do they call like a conductor in in a, in a medicine when they give you one thing because it carries the other thing to you quicker, yeah. So a desire can really carry a huge amount of meaning, like that's the one, yeah. So if I could have that money or that car, everything would be great, yeah. So in a way, it's like a Desires, in a sense, are able to carry the most weight or the most meaning the mind can give to something. Yeah, it really can. So let's say if you had something really heavy and you wanted to to bring it to a like way down, you know, across the room. Yeah, you need to have a sturdy thing to carry it. It couldn't just be like a whim or a, like that, you know. Oh, maybe, but a desire is sturdy enough to take that huge meaning. That's my savior, whatever. And then deliver it, and then poof, it pops open, and you think you've seen it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would have to be like a big rocket to get it there. So desire is a pretty big energetic mental rocket, don't you think? It conducts a lot of, and then that meaning it can download so much meaning into that object more than it does with most most objects for years, you know. They'll just see that car or that woman. Even then, you can make it hate. You can have it make the object aversion, like you were saying, you know, where that desire to hate that person is strong enough to bring so much meaning to that person. And that meaning is used to fuck you, you know. No matter how right you think you are, it's not going to serve you uh, to resent someone. It's like it says in AA, it's not a luxury you can afford in a way. Yeah? So, I would say that's a movement. You can see it. Desire. Now, when you see things that are beautiful and stuff, it doesn't lock the lens down. And then a huge amount of meaning isn't given to it. It's just seen. It's seen. Yeah? And it's a much different way. 
the object may be the same, but how it's being used by mind is different. You still see the beauty, but it's not like that's the that's, that's going to save me. You know, you, maybe the other opposite arises. That ain't going to save me. <laughs> I've seen it eight times, and it's not going to save me. You know, whatever. But you know, so I see desire for me contracts, and then something gets. But it has a lot of force, so it can carry a lot of meaning. And then that meaning usually. It's like the Course says, you know, we're the dreamer of the dreams, so one way of dreaming is to give meaning to things, yeah? So we're the dreamer of the dreams, so we're giving meaning to things, but, and then we forget that we're the meaning giver of things, and then the meaning we gave things, we give that all the power to affect us, yeah? So maybe I look at someone, and I give her the meaning of being my savior, well, that meaning may turn almost into the opposite effect. She may become, you know, the bane of my life, yeah? Seemingly. It's all made up. But you see? So I don't know. Desire to me plays with the aperture. Yeah, it's nice when your mind's open and it's like got a wide lens. You travel a lot better. You, first of all, you get a lot more. You're just seeing. And there's a joy in just seeing. It's not so much the things you see, but a real joy in just being conscious. It's sort of cool. Yeah? Now, a lot of times, that's where my attention goes more to than what I'm seeing. My attention's more on the scene, so it's, you know. That could be from getting older, I don't know. But it's just, it's, it just produces a much nicer way to travel. Yeah. And I still recognize beauty. You don't need the desire to see beauty. <laughs> no way. So. All right, no more questions. Everyone doing all right? Are you ready to say something there? Oh, yeah. Thank you. It's so far out, you know. But do you see at any point where a wish, you know, can be useful? In, you know, not a self-centered wish, but more of an impartial wish that's coming from, I mean, not from yeah. me, you can, yeah, why not? That's mind. Mind is, uh, in the manifestation, mind's having effects. You don't have to be so thinking, oh, it, there can't be a me that's wishing. Just let the wishing go. It's good, you know? Wishing happens here. It seems to be very useful. Yeah, well, therefore, don't, have, don't put any uh, clamps on it. Yeah. If it's useful, let it run. Yeah, and then it becomes unuseful, you, hopefully you'll notice that. And then you'll... See, the thing is, a lot of times, things are useful until they're not. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. you know what I mean? Just like a tool. A tool, like a lawnmower, is useful if you have a lawn. If you, don't have, if you move into a condo, you don't have a lawn, you don't need a lawnmower. You know? Fear inventories in AA are useful when a lot of fear or anxiety is being produced. But their point isn't to, be, to become a, a, a master of inventory, it's to outgrow the fear. That causes the, the value to the inventory process because, yeah, I'd rather not have any anxiety than to be a manager of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> it just seems like a much uh, different level of success than to I've conquered all my I've I'm, you know whatever I'm vigilant about all my problems. So I'd rather just fucking lose interest in them. Yeah. And I find it's all rooted in self somehow. The interest and attention is rooted in selfing. 
And the opposite's also true. When they're unrooted in selfing, you see what happens. Yeah? But selfing's a trippy thing because it's um, it can reorganize and it's sort of like, you know, mercury or something, you throw it away and then it all comes back. Selfing's like that. Yeah. It's you can have an incredible event where it's so obvious it's not so and then it will coagulate again and claim that event as something it had. <laughs> I just had this incredible experience of my own absence. <laughs> it's really unbelievable how it regroups. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I so you can't cast it the four the four directions of the wind. It will. <laughs> it's just seeing you're not that. I think works a lot better. <laughs> and if you're feeling like you are that, you have skillful means in AA and other whatever other lifestyles you're in. Use them. If there isn't a doer, there isn't a doer. It isn't like there isn't a doer. Only because now you've entertained that there isn't a doer. Yeah? There isn't a doer. So, if there's a, if there's a movement to do, let's say, something, you know, like sit for two hours, whatever, you didn't do that. You haven't made a mistake and left the realization that you're not the doer because you just did this. There's never been a doer. Yeah? So... If there's an inc- if you're inclined to do that, do it because it ain't you doing it. <laughs> it doesn't have as much meaning as you think. Yeah. Right. That's it. Oh, you're welcome. Man. It's such a pleasure to hang out with Sid.